Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Spring Fever with me, XFL Phone Gym today, joined by the wonderful Eric Etoff21. What's up, buddy? Hey, nothing much, man. Did you see that surgical drive by the Maulers? That was... That to, I, I was... Mean, when I tell you I was sweating out my shirt during that game, I was sweating out my shirt. For those of you maybe just tuning in for the first time, I have a bet that's now complete. It's over with now. But I bet that the Maulers, if they didn't win a single game in the USFL inaugural season, I was going to eat a whole can of cat food. Now, that's just all off the table. Talk about a bullet dodge, my friend. I mean, like, I have never had cat food, and it doesn't look good from those uh, commercials. I've never owned a cat. I'm scared of cats, to be honest with you. Oh, I got one little bitch of a cat, but she's awesome. Um, I'm so glad I don't have to eat cat food. Let's just start there. Maulers versus the Gamblers. The Maulers get the dub. I mean, the main thing that stood out for me was Lee looked good. I thought Lee looked great. But when you Especially look at the for box. Jumping in as late as he did, he was picking yeah. this up really good. When you look at the box score, the thing that really stood out to me, the Maulers only averaged 3.9 yards per play, which is insanely awful and it really speaks to how the gamblers only had the gamblers defense did okay but the offense only had 161 yards total this offense with offense genius genius kevin sumlin just isn't cutting it right now they're real bad they these last two weeks they've posted the two worst offensive performances i can remember seeing and high snap put down joseph come on It's kind of like that. Uh, that's kind of like how the gambler season started, where they they looked promising at points, and then Clayton Thorson has showed promise, but they're just not good offensively. And the Maulers, I think they got their guy now, and that this could be the turnaround. He is the, the guy. Season. He is the guy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He is the guy, and you know, let him, let the kid eat, see what he's got, and see if they can like make a push. There goes Chester the molester again. <laughs> The, the My main takeaway for the whole week is this was – we saw a lot of improvement from a lot of the teams. Like the Maulers looked way better, especially with Kyle back there. The other one I want to take away, like the Michigan Panthers looked so much better than we've seen in weeks prior, especially offensively, especially Shea Patterson. And leaves the space for his quarterback, Shea Patterson, to drop the ball right in the bucket. LaMichael Pedway, he's had a big game and even bigger drive. Well, how good – I mean, with that defense, if they can constantly get 300 yards from Patterson throughout the air, averaging five-point yards per play, you know, they're going to be a tough out. I mean, they ran some trick plays on special teams, too. Panthers looked 100 times better. Um, Bandits, you know, they just – their run game is just not that good. Against the Panthers, that game, it just wasn't that good. No, generally, like, it seems that Todd Haley's super quick to just abandon the run outright, and it's been to his detriment. I think it really – the Tampa Bay Bandits and Jordan Tomu in general need a strong run game to kind of fall back on and just build that foundation. This game was so fun. There was trick plays left and right, flea flickers, fake punts, double passes. It had it all. This game was hilarious. And like you were saying, the, the weird thing for the Panthers is like Shea Patterson looked really good on offense, but a lot of their other offensive weapons were kind of taking the day off, it felt like to me. I agree. I was just 
I was just amazed at some of the throws he was making. And I mean, maybe this is what he is. I mean, is he going to show it this week? I don't know. <laughs> like if he shows it two weeks in a row, I'll start sipping the Kool-Aid. But like right after one game, I'm not, I'm not hype. I'm not on the hype train yet. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not there yet. I mean, this is the biggest test they've had yet coming up, but we'll get to that later. But it was a fun one. And then you had the stars against the who the stars? The stallions. Stallions, yeah. Um the thing that stood out to me is the stars average more yards per play than the stallions did. It's just, and you hit it on the head, this star's defense. It's, it's just bad. It, it can't stop anything. Their offense is great, but if they their offense fails to score one time, they're just going to be playing catch up the rest of the game just because of the holes their defensive has. It puts so loud on top of you, lubricated. <laughs> it just puts so much pressure on the offense to produce. It, yeah, it's just it's it's hard for this offense to get anything going, and like. Case Cookus looks good at points. He looks pretty decent throughout. And consistently throughout the season, the, the Stars have dominated the box scores. It's This this defense just leaves way too defense, many goals. Defense just sucks. I it's mean, I, it just sucks. There's there's nothing schematically that they can do. They just don't have the pieces to go along with the offense that they have, and it's just going to be their downfall. The Stallions, to me, they win, but they never look impressive when they do it. I don't know how to explain it. They're, they're the only undefeated team. They're the best team. But like, I still don't believe in them for some reason. Yeah, I mean that—that's basically the perfect analogy, right there. <laughs> like, I, I'm trying. Like, that sums them up. And you and I both think once the games get out of Birmingham, they're not going to win at all. Like, they'll be defeated in the playoffs once they're in Canton. So, I agree with you 100. They're winning games, and credit where credit is due. But you don't sit back after the games and say, "God damn, that was impressive." Unlike the next team we're going to talk about with the gambler, the I'm sorry, the generals versus the breakers with the generals looking really good out there, especially like they have the guy. It's there. It's Lewis Perez got no starts. It's just DeAndre Johnson. I mean, with the ability that they're able to control the clock with that run game and that defense defensive line, it's just, they're great. I mean, I really like what I'm seeing from them. I, Again, you know, it's only one game. We got to remember that. But if they can control the clock and they can get their running game can look that good and they can get to the quarterback, they're going to be tough to beat at can. Well, like, it is just the one game, but it was one game against one of the top two defenses in the entire yeah. league. This New Orleans yeah. Breakers defense has been consistently one of the top things, especially stopping the run. This offense, this defensive front has been amazing. And then all of a sudden, hey, bro, we done talking. We, bro, it's 31 to three. We have nothing to talk about. It's um, and then your boy Kelly, he was only what 15 for 35. I mean, they're able to make him uncomfortable. Um, their defense is able to get to it. And you said mentioned it the run game. When when you have a quarterback that can pass the ball, have another runner back there, it just makes everything so much harder for the defense. And if they can just get this run, if this run game continues, they're gonna be a tough out. Yeah, generals are going to be real tough. It's it's looking real good for them. For the breakers, I really just feel it all comes back to offensively Kyle Slaughter's injury. It's, yeah, he's it, obviously it, not 100%. Yeah, he's obviously it, not. It, yeah. It, it's hurt this team a lot. Yeah, because he, he's what moves the needle. Is that the saying? I would say so. 
Okay. All right, yeah, he's he's what moves the needle. If he's not there, you know, they don't have the run game or anything to get to. Uh, and to I, wonder, I wonder, for, as far as, like, injuries and recovery go, since no team gets a bye week in the USFL, I wonder how that addresses, like, injury time and stuff like that. I wonder if you feel like you're in a confident enough position, depending on who you're playing or what you're, like, what team you're playing that week, if you might try and sit him uh, for a week or two just to like fully heal. That's a good point. I never thought of that. Sit him just again, just sit him, just kind of get him fresh because they're obviously making a push for like a championship. So yeah, I'd be all for that. Cause he obviously isn't a hundred percent. He's their best chance of winning. Do you think with the announcement they made about their extending the rosters, do you think that has to do with them not having the buy then? I think, well, that's definitely part of it. It's a combination of no buy, short training camp, and how small the rosters were. You could see, like, injuries, um, especially to key positions like the quarterback. Like, yeah. the Panthers' backup quarterback before um, before they signed the Mullers guy was, like, a wide receiver. So they were doing the old uh, – guy. what was that movie? Uh, Varsity Blues? No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're doing the old varsity blues playbook. Get the get the wide receiver out there. But yeah, I mean, like I I get your and, point. But, and, but there's like some teams, like some positions, like you have two you have two tackles, and then yeah. you're done. Like you, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you need depth, and like at the end of the day, like when you put big men on a field running around with a. Well, this is what happens when a guy is coming right down in your face. <laughs> Stuff can happen, you know, injuries, freak injuries can happen. So you don't know. So, I mean, they definitely need to add it up because you can't only carry two tackles. You can't have a wide receiver playing playing quarterback. You they, need to. Yeah, they need, they need the bigger rosters for sure. And I think next season they'll probably also up the training camp time so that we won't see like a sloppy start. Also, yeah, because they they're not going to be in the in the bubble next year or the like the hub or whatever they called. I don't believe so. I hope by that time they have owners for the teams. Um, I, they can't do the bubble two years in a row. Yeah, I think once every team is kind of centralized to their home home market, it'll be easier to get facilities for like a full training camp and everything. I think so too. But I, I take away from week five. To me, it was the cleanest, most entertaining week of USFL football yet. Like all the games were super fun. Um, trick plays all over the place. I had a blast. You're right. The product looked a lot better on the field, which is long, like people like football. So as long as the product is clean, not many penalties, like we talked about and not many silly mistakes, throwing these trick plays, people are going to watch it. And like we, we talked about last week, it's drawing in more viewers than the MLB. The MLB would literally chop off its left nut to get the viewership that the USFL. There goes Chester the molester again. They do a lot more than that. <laughs> I think the USFL, I'm very happy with how it's looking. I'm excited. And the only issue people seem to have are the crowds. And that'll that'll fix itself with with time. Oh, for sure. That will for, for once you teams get in their home market, like Michigan plays in whatever city, there's people, definitely yeah. gonna be a market there. People are gonna go for sure. Moving on to the preview for the USFL, week six is upon us, starting off. So we're doing the doubleheader thing. So they've, they've switched it up. Sometimes these last couple of weeks they've had a game on Friday, two games on Saturday, and a game on Sunday. This time they're just doing the doubleheader on Saturday and Sunday. So we are starting off with the Bandits versus the Stars. I think this is a pretty good game. Both these teams are kind of trying to figure out where they're at, what they're doing right now. 
The Bandits' offense looked a little bit better, but it's still all on Jordan Tomu, and this Stars' defense needs a bounce back. I look at it like this. I think the Panthers' defense is night and day compared to the Stars' defense. I think the band this is the Bandits are going to have an easier time moving the football, and that's why I think the Bandits are going to get it done, just because it's just so hard, as we talked about, to trust the Stars' defense. I'm right there with you. I'm going to continue my trend, though. I don't even know what the total is, but I just take the over in every Stars game. 40. I think that's the highest one we've seen, isn't it? Still taking it. I'll take over 40 in any Stars game. They just they Bad defense combined with good offense, just recipe for points. I think this is going to be a very fun one, though. Next up, we have the Panthers versus the Stallions. The Panthers, they had a moral victory. They still came up short, but they had a moral victory – Last week, looking way better offensively. This is the true test. This is their best test yet. I'm I'm calling the upset here. I think Baby Hands has another good game. Whoa. I think – well, that's my thing. Like, I think the offense – like you said, like, we haven't been that impressed with with the Stallions. They look, that's true. I still and don't this, see them and losing this Panthers defense is one of the better ones in the league. I think statistically they're the best. So, I mean, if – if we get this Patterson and another week and his confidence grows and he's able to move the ball and the defense is able to get to the quarterback, I think the Panthers are very capable here of knock, knocking off the uh, the Stallions. Man, I kind of see it too. I see it. I mean, happening. like, you know what I mean? Like, you got you got the D, you got a – Okay, more important than the sack, your celebration. You got called for a taunting a week ago. What was the change in plan? Uh, I had to go to the Shark Dog on him from the from – the- the, the shark dog. Maybe Shay Patterson is going to be shark dog and Scooby right over there. Maybe. Yeah, what was that? What was that movie with LL Cool J? The, the uh, football movie. You remember the oh, shark dance he do when he oh scored? My God, oh yeah. my God! If Patterson drops a dime, then breaks off into the LL Cool J shark dance from that movie. God, what was the name? I'm, Any I'm given Sunday, I'd, I'd have to be a Shay Patterson fan. I would honestly, I'd get on the Shane Patterson bandwagon if that happened. That'd be. I'm hoping this is a good game. Next up, we have the Maulers versus the Breakers. Um, it, so if I'm the Breakers, I, we talked about it a little earlier. This is the kind of game where you sit slower. Yeah. What's the point of playing them? The, like if he, well, they're sitting at three and two. They don't. They don't want him to get hurt against a one and four team that has a ton of holes that isn't that good. And, and I like ruin your season. I would totally sit him here too. And like they looked better, like the the Maulers looked better last week. But I still like I coaching advantage to the Breakers all day. Kirby Wilson is still probably the worst coach in the whole league. Oh, is that that's he's like a high school coach out there. I don't yeah. mean to be mean, but like he is like night and day below all these other guys. He's way over his head. It's it's nuts. But yeah, I think the Breakers win this one. I think they depending on if they do. Sit slaughter, they might not cover, but I think they win regardless. Hey, bro, we done talking. We, bro, it's thirty-one and three. We have. I, I think, I think they get it done too. And last, and certainly not least, we have the Gamblers versus the Generals. Actually, maybe least because the Gamblers have turned into like my lowest, like power ranked team as of now. You know what? The Gamblers are at my number eight too. Um, but what do we say every week, man? Football's a week-to-week game, dude. It's crazy. Like, weird shit happens. Could we see – you know what? It wouldn't surprise – I'm calling two upsets. I think the Gamblers get this one done too. I think – I don't think – I think the Generals are a much, like, stouter team. I think they're very consistent, and I don't think they have the holes. And I just – 
this so game loud on top of you lubricated. The gamers offense just can't do anything in my opinion. And I, they haven't shown any improvement. Yeah, that's true. That's true. For me, it's just, I don't know, like after the team loses to the worst team in the history of professional football, I have to think they're going to bounce back the next week. That that's just me. I mean, they so could I'll, bounce back, and like I'll take them to win. I'll take them to shock the world. Okay, I respect uh, that. What's your, what's your uh, power rankings right now? Uh, I have stallions one. Yep. Uh, gen, generals two. Makes sense. So I think we're lockstep there. Uh, breakers three. We're still lockstep. Stars four. Yep. Bandits five. Yep. I think I think we're lockstep here. Panthers six. Yep. Mauler seven. Yep. Gamblers and eight. I think the only ones I've seen some people switch are the Stars and the Bandits, and the Maulers and the Gamblers. Which yeah, which which makes sense. I mean, like it, it makes sense. It's kind of I don't know. Like you can't. The Stallions have to be one because they haven't lost yet. Exactly. With how the generals looked last week, you kind of have to put them two. You know, like so, and everyone else, I think. I mean, it's, then the breakers, you have to put three when when their quarterback's healthy. Four through eight, I feel you just roll the dice or whatever. Like you kind of do because like Pitt, Michigan lost to Houston, but Houston lost to Pitt, but Pitt lost to Michigan. Yeah, like so. There's those teams all can just kind of intermingle with whatever. It's all it's all wild out there. Moving on from the USFL to the XFL, we actually had some major XFL news. Video incoming on that, folks. Partnership with Disney, exclusive streaming rights for ESPN, CBS. Just the the mouse pointing up with the boys. This is huge because ESPN Plus gets insane numbers. And they'll probably be on ESPN too. You have ESPN News, but more importantly, what that does, it's going to be on Sports Center. It's going to be easy to find on the ESPN.com, ESPN app, which is going to help drive more traffic to the product. Because think how good the USFL is doing and the numbers they are bringing in with zero, absolutely zero support from ESPN. ESPN, in ESPN, you can't find anything on the USFL. No, they, they pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, and now you're going to put the XFL on the biggest sports pl- platform there is in all of all of social media or the internet and everything. I mean, the XFL is in line to do some great numbers. Not to mention with the partnership with like Disney and everything and these things on ESPN+, Plus, they're going to probably, I'm assuming, hammer, hammer like the side content, like different kinds of videos, like maybe showing tryouts, doing everything like that. They're going to have series on series, I think. Oh, they're because they need to put stuff on their streaming networks. So, and then you have ABC, like they're going to put a game probably once a week, like the showcase game on ABC, little primetime game on ABC. I mean, that's just opens up the, opens up everything. Maybe a Disney plus like reality based, not reality based show, but like a training camp or they get it. Like you said. ESPN plus hard knocks type thing where they follow one team during the training camp. There's going to be a lot of stuff that I think ESPN is going to be doing with this product. I think it's, I think it's huge. I think it's one of the bigger announcements we've had the, this in combination. So the USFL having Fox as a backer is major. And then the XFL showing that it's backing is like fucking Disney and ESPN that these are major backers for these 
like these spring leagues. And more importantly, major brackers mean it's going to be here for a while, which is great because for us football fans, we all kind of, oh, what do we do now? You know, the Super Bowl's over. Boom. XFL, USFL are here. And with big money, they're going to be in the forefront, which is great. Yeah, I expect cities to be announced fairly soon within the next two months or so. And then coaches have already been announced. Um, I, I expect my assumption right now is they're kind of following the same track record as 2020. October is when I would expect an XFL draft. Oh, my God. And guess whose birthday is in October? Nice. Oh, my God. Birthday party at the XFL draft? Oh. Unless they do it like last year where it was streamed online. They just they just did it all like through Zoom, streamed online. I feel like you just told me Santa wasn't real right now. I know. But at least it was it wasn't like the USFL just announced stuff on Twitter. The XFL still they they recorded it and streamed it like live. Yeah. They can still watch it at least. Yeah. Um now do we know the cities for sure? Like we know know certain cities. Like we know um we know Dallas for sure. We know St. Louis for sure. And I think we know Seattle for sure. Um, we don't know. We don't know. Like New York is up in the air. DC is up in the air. Houston's up in the air. LA is up in the air and Tampa's up in the air. So there are assumptions going on. There's rumors going on. The assumptions are LA probably moving to San Diego. Okay. Um, Houston. I would love if they stayed in Houston. Cause I still think they got pretty good fan support too. But they're thinking about putting a team in San Antonio, I believe. Oh, I'd love that. Um, New York might be the team that moves to San Antonio, which would kind of erase the East Coast presence. We would only leave the D.C. team. And then Tampa, I think they're debating whether or not to move it to Orlando. Okay. Which, okay. now that you're tied in with Disney, maybe that makes, makes more sense. perfect sense. It makes perfect sense you'd have one right where Disney is. So yeah. Orlando as a city makes sense. So what that screams to me is teams are moving and I don't know if they're going to change names, but they're moving probably like I would suspect New York probably doesn't have a team anymore, at least for year one. I don't think New York will. Uh, L.A. probably won't have a team, at least for year one. And Houston may not, but I think Houston stays. I think they end up putting three teams in Texas, which is kind of nuts. Where's where's the love for my Midwest? Where's the love for Chi-Town, dude? None of these leagues, none of these leagues put any teams in the Midwest. It blows Which my is, mind. Like not only that, I was talking with this guy. Um, when was the last time Denver has had like a, a an other professional team? Um, they I had just, an arena team for a while. Um, did they? Yeah, they had an arena team and it got numbers. Like people went. I didn't know that they had an arena team. I mean, I just remember that my Detroit team dominated arena football for like three years. Oh, yeah. And then they were, and then I just, um, but yeah, that's a good point. Why doesn't Denver, why doesn't Chicago, Detroit never gets any love? Um, I mean, Michigan may be there, but they may put me the closest think, is like St. Louis, which I mean, I, I'm not really a big fan of St. Louis, not to sound like a hater. I mean, but. they obviously like they have the best out of the XFL, they had the best fans, like they had the most support. It makes sense to do that town, but like, Kansas City doesn't get a team. Um, nothing in Oklahoma. Nothing in Chicago. It's it's kind of like New York and not Chicago doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, 
you got to have at least one of those quote unquote big market teams. You know what I mean? Like big city teams, like, like you said, like a New York an LA, a Chicago, a Boston, get like, your four corners, me, get your, yeah, get your LA, get your Seattle, get your like East coast, like New York, and then get your like Florida team. Yeah. And then just kind of put Texas having three teams. I don't, I don't really like that. It, yeah, like I get Houston. Houston's like the third largest metro area in the country. Um, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Dallas made sense. Um, it's it, like it makes sense, but I'd rather them wait to expand like a year or two and then grab another Texas team. But who knows? Yeah, I I agree with that. I I agree with what you're saying. But like selfishly for me, I would love to go see a game. So I'd like to see one in Chicago. It was um, awesome I, when I lived in LA. Like I went to two of them and they were fantastic. Oh really? Oh dude, that was something great, dude. Yeah, that I went to the Wildcats great. versus uh the uh which one did I go to? Wildcats versus the Renegades and the Wildcats versus the uh Defenders. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I drunk as shit when I was there. Like the crowds there were great. Like they looked insane, especially like you said in um, St. Louis. St. Louis and Seattle, I think, had the two strongest like crowd sources, and then DC had the Beer Snake, which was always awesome. Mad respect to the Beer Snake, man. <laughs> Last but not least, I believe you had some breaking news right now among uh, along the lines of some CFL potential lockout. Per the Score app, the CFL and the Players Association reached a tentative agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement, the league announced. The deal is subject to ratification. The new CBA is expected to be a seven-year term. Seven of the nine teams launched a strike Sunday after the league, and CFPA couldn't reach a new CBA before the previous deal. So it looks like, you know, it's open to, like, some, you know, little things here, little things there, but it looks like, they're going to be in. I mean, they're the only two teams were the Elks and the Stampeders that reported to training camp that actually were holding practice. Everyone else kind of got set home. So it looks like football yeah. is back on the menu up north, boys. Dude, I love it. I love a little Friday night action with a little little CFL, which is great, just because like those guys don't get played much. You know, I'm I don't know what their healthcare situation is with the. Uh, with tentatively now so if they can get a little bit more pay get a little better health care i'm all for it i'm all for it too i love it like i heard some fans and whatnot really trying to hammer like the the rule that they have that there's like a canadian player uh threshold they have to meet and like whatever it's fine like how do you feel about that though like do you feel like they should limit like you're only allowed to have like Ex players from America. They do, do that. You, oh, they do. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Yeah, they each play each team has to have a certain amount of Canadian players. Okay. What's do you know the number off the top of your head? Or I'm not off the top of my head. I don't. It's it's I forget the exact number, but I it's whatever. It's they're worried that people would only would stop tuning in if Canadians stopped being allowed in. But I don't think Canadians would be a, like, would stop being allowed in because there's plenty of good Canadian players. Oh, there's a ton of good Canadian football players. There's, there's players from all over the, all over the world it, that and there's players in the CFL, honestly, that probably could be playing the NFL, but just that's where they ended up. So 
I'm excited it's back. It gives us football in July and in July in June. You know when uh, when there's nothing going on. So I'm all about it, especially on that Friday night. But that Friday night first half oh. under on the ESPN two game. So I mean, you want to talk about a sweat, dude? Woo. Any CFL under is a sweat. Oh, it's pure. I mean, like you haven't lived until you've bet a CFL under. And then you're at Bill's Pub down the road, eating peanuts, drinking some Miller Lite, dude, sweating it out, yelling at pe- yelling at the barkeep not to turn it to the Cubs game. Just my for the dream, last five minutes. My dream of year-round football is alive and well as we speak. So happy. Dude, it's, it's, it's a good time. It is a good time to be alive if you're a football fan, my friend. I think that wraps us up for this episode of Spring Fever. Eric, my man, what do you got going on? Um, you know, I uh, got the NBA show on BTV every single day. There's a game. Uh, you're going to be coming on the podcast. We're going to look to stay in fuego, if you will. Just handing out winners right and left in the USFL. And uh, my boy Brandon, we're going to talk a little uh, talk a little NASCAR on this week's podcast, too. So, you know, looking forward to that, dude. We've been handing out winners right and left. Looking to stay hot. Beautiful. Love it. Give Eric a follow at ETOF21. Give me a follow at XFL Gym. Follow the show. Like the show. Love you guys. Peace out. There goes Chester the molester again.